Welcome to the Westland Free Methodist Church podcast, where we're uniting with Jesus to restore lives to joy-filled wholeness. If this is your first time to join us or your 10th time, we're glad to have you. If you believe in Jesus or you don't, we're excited you're joining us. If you're living into joy-filled wholeness or you're not, this is the place for you. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you back with us for our podcast uh, on our week where we have a guest with us. Our guest today is Pastor Bob, uh, known to many of you, uh, Bob England. Uh, I I wish I always had a cool last name that had to do with like a country or something. Uh Um, But, you know, I guess Owens will do. Uh, I I will, honestly, the first time uh, I had saved your number when I met you last year before I moved here. And I got this call, and when I first saw the last name, I was like, someone's calling me from England, because sometimes it says something like that, and then yeah. I realized, no, that's the, that's the new guy that I just met. Yeah. Anyways, glad to have you with us today. For those who are, don't typically join us, um, or it's, maybe you do, uh, we usually go through at least three of four things, and sometimes we'll go through a weekly word, talk about a scripture, and I'm going to ask him about, about an Advent scripture in a minute that I want to know where his heart is. We have Q&A if needed. We haven't had anyone send any questions in recently, so we don't need to give any answers specifically. Uh, we maybe have an opportunity to share any tools for transformation or to share a little of your own testimony about how you're being mobilized to radiate Jesus. Um, and so anyways, that's kind of some of what we usually talk about. So with that framework, I'll ask you uh, first question I have for you, and just current life testimony. What does it look like for you to... Uh, walk with Jesus in this season of your life? Well, it's a great thing. <laughs> it's a great experience. Um, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm on the, I'm not sure what season it is, what stage it is. It's, it's one of those where it's the senior season of my life. And uh, it's, uh, I heard someone mentioned in a radio thing several years ago in an interview he said yeah i'm on the back nine of life (laughs) (laughs) okay and and uh and it feels good uh put it like that i think in in part of my front nine of life using this golf metaphor i guess i i learned a lot of mistakes and i I sure went off into the water and the sand traps a whole lot (laughs) in those first nine holes in this back nine of my life I'm, i'm really enjoying it um, being a, my second career now, being a pastor is, uh, is just one of the greatest blessings I think I could ever experience. And over 40 years in the world, working in, in, uh, in a high-stress environment with uh, a lot of people and helping to deal with them and, and the issues that were uh, complicating their life, I think kind of helped me prepare me in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in in not being shocked or surprised by by things that that uh, complicate other people's life, and I think at the same time, gosh, for a number of years prior to uh, a retirement and an early retirement, feeling this draw or call from the Lord to to go into full time ministry, thinking, well, that's a mistake. I'm not understanding you properly, Lord, and and actually praying that he would take that away because I said, I don't want this to be of me. Uh, and I've got a bit of a, um, like all of us, I guess, in a way, have a bit of a 
um, concerned that I'm not promoting myself, mm-hmm. and and I want to be sure that anything I do glorifies the Lord, mm-hmm. and in no way is directed toward me. So during that time, I was was earnestly saying, Lord, make this go away. And for a while, we put it on the back burner. I said, we, I did. I think God had other plans. And he miraculously, uh, in my opinion, made it so that I could retire early from secular work and devote all the time I needed to study and coursework and uh, complete everything I needed to do to be uh, ordained and then appointed as an elder in the Free Methodist Church. So that uh, was a, a major step for me. Yeah. That I think as you go look backwards, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of dot the lines between different events in your life and and a series of events that put you where you are. I'm rambling now. But what happens is you can see God working in these various stages of, of my life to put me to where I am today, which quite frankly, uh, and I don't, mind telling people are are the best years of my life and i'm enjoying it thoroughly well i'd like to first say you said you're in your back nine if we're going all the way back to abraham he lived to like 160 so <laughs> you may be right in the middle you know you, you don't know yeah, how... it may be <laughs> the same guy in the interview they were talking about him well in the back nine so it maybe like he said well, you haven't seen me chip and putt yet either, so, <laughs> so it kind of prolongs it a little, yeah, that, a little bit. You're not wrong there, but uh, I love that you shared that this is, in a way, two things that I, I, my personal takeaways, and I know there's a lot of different stuff you shared, but one of the takeaways is, first of all, one of the best things about this season of life, can be a challenging thing for some people, depending on your history, mm-hmm. is to actually take time to reflect on where God's brought you. Oh, yes. Um, and I can see you're doing that out loud. You've done that on your own. And and be grateful for where the Lord's brought you. Now, I know for some people in this season who maybe their walk with the Lord isn't where they want it to be, and they constantly pushed Him out the door using that imagery, you were, you were kind of like, no, I'm going to avoid that. And maybe they still are, and they get to that life, and they're like, oh, man, I, what did I miss out on? Maybe even feel that guilt or shame. And so... I first want to encourage you, if you're feeling that guilt or shame, it's not too late to no. even now invite Jesus and say, man, I can be fully surrendered in my 70s, 80s, 90s. There's there's a lady, she was in the church I was at in Texas, and 87, 88, 89 years old doing our church plant stuff with us and helped us uh, engage people and prayed healing over someone and they were healed. And she's just on fire and new Christians are becoming followers of Jesus in her late eighties. Yeah. So it's, it's never too late, no matter where you are to say, it doesn't matter if I'm where I wish that I was in the last 70 years of my life. God can still, still do stuff now. So, but I think it's important to reflect back and, and it does let you see, Oh man, Jesus, look what you've done. That's an exciting oh, without a doubt. And so, you know, you can count some of that as wasted, and there was a time when I thought about all the wasted years of my life early on and what would have been if I'd done this or that. But that's not who I am today. Mm-hmm. And because of who I am today and even some of these wasted opportunities or years of life, I can relate to that. I can understand now where some people might be going through some things that I completely understand. And, and in a way, if I get a chance to be able to talk to them 
and share some things that I've learned as a result of that. Maybe maybe it can help them along their way in their journey. And you so, can minister to people in a way that I can't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. And we need that in the body yeah. of Christ. You know, you mentioned something just a minute ago that made me think. The more and more I, I study God's dealing with the people in the Old Testament <laughs> and and the amount of time in between and and uh, how he needed prophets to come along and remind them, I haven't given up on you and there's still hope, but they were waiting. you know. And here in this Advent time of the year, we talk about the people sitting in darkness. Oh, yeah. But yet the prophets said, but yet there's a time coming mm -hmm. and we have hope for that in this Messiah. And I take a look at how long the periods were of time. And of course, today we're looking at from week to week or month to month or, or year to year seems like forever to us anymore. But in God's timing, it's nothing. It's a bat of an eye. Yeah. And and that's where it really draws on our faith and, and quite frankly helps us to grow in our faith when we can look at it from that perspective, I think. It's a real challenge. Well, I've, but it takes somebody, I think, sometimes that's experienced yeah. some of that timing to be able to try to help people walk through that. And I was just reading earlier for some different sermon prep stuff. You know, Isaiah, where we spent the last few weeks in our Advent series with Andy, um, Isaiah is like 700 years yeah. from Jesus. Yeah. And we don't consider that 700 years wasted time. Not at all. Otherwise, God, you wasting your time? Like, we, we don't do that, right? Um, and so I think there's a beauty when we are surrendered to Jesus. Maybe things could have been different, but what matters is the present now. Mm -hmm. is what can Jesus do with me now? What am I surrendering to the Lord now? And maybe the people say this, uh, I played I know you played basketball too. I played basketball for a long time. And they say, you know what? You can play a mediocre game the first three quarters. But if you're on in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. and you're giving your all, you got a chance to win almost any yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it, it's not that... Yeah, you know, life's going to be easier in the fourth quarter if you do well, better in the first, second, and third quarter. You you get to build a lead. You can kind of coast, if you will, um, but you can you can struggle the first half. And if you build by the fourth quarter and you're going all out, and and you're surrendered to the game plan and everything, you got it. You're going to have a chance at least. I think that's um, why hope. Yeah, is such an encouraging word uh, in the New Testament as well. Old Testament certainly in the New Testament. We hear a lot about hope, and probably you hear that word hope more in the new than the old, I think. But Jesus came to solidify that hope, you see, and he created a foundation that maybe we didn't have in the Old Testament pointed to that hope, mm -hmm. but the birth of Christ that we're celebrating right now, and of course then his resurrection, gives us all this hope. Yeah. And and I don't know, it just seems to be moving faster for me, and I'm enjoying that. Mm -hmm. So the season of my life is I'm in right now is, is excellent, and I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. I love being on your team. I, I never knew you in an, another season of life. I haven't even – I've known you for a year now. Yeah, I met you a year right. ago this weekend, this past weekend. Um, best year of your life, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the next question I have for you kind of somewhat revolves around our, one of our podcast themes of uh, helping people be mobilized to share the gospel, just practical tools mm -hmm. for sharing. So what does it look like in your own life to radiate Jesus? Uh, that's one of our vital signs we use, like 
we invite people to reflect on how am I radiating Jesus? Yeah. Uh, what does that look like for you? I've been thinking about that one. And uh, to me, to radiate Jesus means to live my life in a way that 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 glorifies him without being overly intentional about it. I'm kind of measuring this out as I say it. Um, I appreciate people who who um, who express themselves maybe differently than I do. I can reflect back on times when prior to even being involved in full-time ministry, and I don't mean this to be boastful, but but I impacted people's lives for Christ mm-hmm. without intentionally doing it, but living a life, I think, of faithfulness to Him. And, and you know, if somebody tells you how honest they are, you probably better hide the silverware I've heard. <laughs> so I want to be careful that I don't come across the wrong way with this. But the way we live our life in an everyday fashion, whatever it is we're doing, if it allows people to see something in you that they would like to have, there's a peace, there's a calmness, there's a generosity, mm-hmm. there's a meekness, there's a something that that they have that I would like to have. To me, that's radiating Jesus. I don't want to to be known as a Bible thumper, <laughs> an old phrase. Yeah. I don't want to, to be one of those that tries to argue someone into the kingdom by quoting scripture that will be condemning them or is judgmental. I, I want to be someone that, that lives the life that the Lord has provided me and that by people seeing that in a in its natural environment, kingdom environment, that they see something that they find attractive. To me, that's really radiating Jesus rather than going out and, and nothing wrong with standing on the corner or carrying a sign or doing things like that. I don't want to come out the wrong way, but man, I, I want to be someone who lives my life in a way that other people see it and say, I want what he's got. You know, to... Man, I don't know why the word the number two keeps coming to my mind. Two things that stuck out as you were talking again, but <laughs> two points you from about it, basketball. It, the the image the the image in the Gospels. There's two spirit filled people in the Gospels. There's John the Baptist, mm-hmm. and there's Jesus. Mm-hmm. You got John the Baptist as a spirit filled person who's on the fringes. He doesn't yeah. come into the towns and go crazy very much. Not that we have at least documented, but he's out there and he's preaching some pretty harsh stuff. Yeah. But it's truth. Mm-hmm. And it's primarily focused on the religious people calling them back to God, yeah. and he's the one who's being completely, you know, alcohol, no nothing. Yeah. And then you got Jesus, who's actually eating meals with the sinners, the tax collectors, the drunkards, the yeah. ones drinking. He's doing it all, keeping the same ethic, calling out sin where the opportunity presents itself, but not in this near the same manner. Mm-hmm. But the heart posture is the same with both. Yeah. And so that's what I hear with you is like, there, yes, there's a place in the right place. Uh, I think sometimes people don't do it in the right 
space. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not talking about anyone in particular right now, uh, but I can think of people in other states and cities I've lived in that, okay, that wasn't the best space for you to call out, especially non-Christians. Like yeah. There's a place to, to speak to in a brother-to-brother, brother, I need to call you out on your sin. But to non-Christians, like Jesus uh, doesn't do that in the Gospels either. Even John the Baptist, the stuff he said wasn't to the Gentiles. It was to the people who already knew who God was, yeah. right? Um, Taste and see that the Lord's good. Right. And you see, if they see what you have, and they like that, again, to me, that's what it, what it means to, to radiate Jesus. And the second point that I think is significant that you brought up about living a life that radiates Jesus is as you do that, and I know you've experienced this, people are going to be interested. They're going to be drawn to you. Mm -hmm. And it may not be daily, it may be weekly or monthly, but the more you are living every aspect of your life surrendered to the Spirit, the more people are drawn and you're radiating Jesus and you're going to get opportunities to share why. You're going to get opportunities to share who has changed your heart, how you are moving into freedom from anger or whatever it is. You, you'll get those opportunities and they won't be forced and they won't feel like you're have you're oh, I'm needing to say this particular thing about what's wrong with you and what Jesus can do in you. And that's even the language of testimony that we talk about in the church world at least a lot. Um, when I hear testimony, that is when you're called to the stand, you give testimony for what you've experienced. Yeah. And when we're living in this world, if we've actually experienced the freedom of Jesus that I'm not in prison anymore, yeah. To sin, I'm not in prison to death. And we're living in that way with that kind of freedom. You know, if we're called to the stand in that moment at a coffee shop, at a restaurant, you know, at, at Ashford Court, wherever mm -hmm. it is, if we're in that space and Jesus calls us to the stand, we're ready with whoever it is to say, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my wow. life. But it's come because you've radiated Jesus and yeah. you'll be ready for the opportunity. So yeah. that was the other thing that you shared that I was like, yeah, that's a great practical tool for people to really ask Jesus individually and for me to ask Jesus is there any part of my life I'm not radiating you whether it's as a, a parent a grandparent any aspect am I not radiating you with how I uh, even how I choose my food or, or steward the body God's given me or whatever it yeah. is right if, and people start asking oh you do that because of Jesus you do this because of Jesus uh, there's a couple I know that were so big on energy saving and electricity and all these other things because of wanting to steward the environment that they actually got to have Jesus conversations with people and even talk to people who weren't Christians and it opened doors to radiate Jesus. It's like, wait, you don't use a dryer because you hang your clothes up. This is a true story. Yeah. You hang your clothes up because of the... Uh, the waste, the damage it does to your clothes long-term and the waste of how much electricity it uses and hanging them up takes a little more time and effort, <laughs> but saves electricity, ultimately does save some, uh, I mean, it's a very, very small amount because you'd have to have a lot of people do it to make that big a difference, but their conscience is clear and they've got to have Jesus conversations where they radiate because it's like, okay, Jesus, this is how I'm living my life. Yeah. And so asking others, you and I, to continually... Is there an area I'm not allowing 
you to just be radiated in everyday life um, is a great practical step. I think uh, one of the things that, that's important about that is is freeing ourselves up from feeling like we have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. One way to radiate Jesus is to admit that you're wrong, ask for forgiveness or apologize. And and when people see this again, they're seeing a, a person who professes to be a follower of Jesus, but not beating themselves beating them over the head with it, but yet also admitting to failure mm-hmm. and asking for forgiveness. And when we do that, if I ask for forgiveness from someone in the workplace, I'm modeling repentance when mm-hmm. I do that, you see. And I'm offering forgiveness when I can and accepting it when I can. So I think we're beginning to model these things even without intentionally saying, all right, I'm going to show them what Jesus looks like here. Right. It needs to become a part of who we are, you right. see. Uh, I, I, I've started a minute ago, and, and, I, and I reluctantly say this, but I also feel something that feels good in saying it, as I've had on on more than one occasion, someone called me to say, Bob, I just wanted you to know I became a Christian or I accepted Jesus into my to my heart last week or last month or whenever. And maybe and and, and these occasions that I'm thinking about, I hadn't had direct contact with these people, mm-hmm. uh, one of them in four or five years. And um but yet, for some reason or another, they called me to purposely let me know. And you know how that makes you feel? It's great. <laughs> it's exactly. And and never once did I offer the plan of salvation to right. any of these people, you see. I like to think that in, in my environment with them, I was radiating Jesus in a way that said to them, I've got to let him know what's happened to mm-hmm. me now. Yeah. And and um, he'll get it. I, I remember how much he. Yeah, I've got to tell him. Yeah, exactly. And and that means I must have done something right. Mm-hmm. At least then. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, that that's beautiful. I love that as well. Uh, one other question for discussion, and then my final just get your thoughts on final question for discussion is what tool or tools if any would you like to share that help you grow um, in any of your vital signs and and for those who are listening maybe you haven't heard that language much if if you're not present with us or haven't checked out our website our vital signs are uh, to serve others radiate Jesus pursue God and engage scripture mm-hmm. so we're, we we check on those regularly as a body of Christ and if I'm growing in at least three out of four of those, then I'm relatively healthy. If I'm growing in all four, then I'm in tip-top shape using that kind of yeah. uh, vital signs imagery. And so in any of those four areas, are there tools that you use? Uh, or are there one or two tools you want to share that help you to grow in your walk with the Lord that might help someone else to hear? Yeah. Well, uh, we're all built cut different cloths sometimes. But there are some things that that are essential uh, when it comes to these four vital signs that you were talking about. Uh, I love studying Scripture. I I, I do. Um, I could spend all day some days just digging into the Word. Uh, I like Bible software. Mm-hmm. That's really 
you asked me the question ahead of time and I gave it some thought and I'm prepared to say that my Bible study software helps me so much. I have never been a journaler, by the way. Some people can journal anything and everything and, and they're great at it. I have never been a, a good journaler. But I, I love studying Scripture and very seldom do I, I use my hard copy, hard copy Bible anymore. It's on my iPad for the most part. And I have a software that I use that has the Bible and resources where I can connect to, to word studies or maps mm -hmm. or any number of different things. And within the software with my iPad, and I use my iPencil with it, Apple mm -hmm. Pencil with it too, so not trying to promote Apple products, but there, <laughs> there are others as well out there. But I'm able to go into that verse when I see something that really hits me that I didn't see before. I'd go right into that verse and in the notes section and I can write it in there, my observation. And I can hyperlink to other verses that support what I'm doing. And I'm able to build even bullet point outlines of, of what this verse in its context means to me and what I get from it. And I do that a lot. And uh, Old Testament and New Testament alike, it is so helpful to me and what I love about it, I can go into a portion of Scripture that maybe I haven't looked at in three or four years, and I go in there and I see the note that I made in 2019 or 2020, and I see something fresh in there, and I'm able to add to it. Yeah. And it gives me the original date of the note and then latest revisions and things like that. I can highlight it. I can export it. I can do so many different things. So now all of a sudden, I've got a, a journal of thoughts and ideas, and it becomes a prayer journal as well. Because so many of them, and i got to tell you, especially in the Psalms, and I love the Psalms, but I go in there and, and my prayers and the Psalms, the prayers of the psalmist, or David in particular, and then I will, will look at those verses where he's reaching out to the Lord and pouring his heart out to him, and I pray those prayers. Mm -hmm. And then I begin to modify them, and I write it in, uh, Bob version <laughs> of, of what the psalmist is saying. And it, to me, it's just an amazing opportunity to spend time with the Lord and pray while I'm studying His Word at the same time and journal it so I can go back and look up and remember what I did before. It gives me a history of what I've been reading and of all of my notes and things like that. So uh, I think that, that as far as vital signs go, yeah. uh, prayer, pursuing God and studying the Word, not just to be able to memorize and quote Scripture. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible at that, by the way. But I remember concepts and ideas. I'm the same way. I have trouble memorizing specific verses yeah. the concepts and how they fit together. And oh, everything. yeah. Yep, I'm exactly. Right. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only two of us. Anymore. There's that two <laughs> There's of you, right? Two. But I, I enjoy that so much and I embrace that. That's one of the parts of the season of the life I'm in right now. I'm able to do some of that. And I'm an early riser for the most part, 5 o'clock, 5.15 this morning when I, when I got up. And probably by 5.30, I'm, I'm in the Word. I got my coffee. I took my pills <laughs> and got my coffee. And now I'm settled in and I'm beginning to read and study again. And, and I might go for three, four hours like that until we, we had a 10 o'clock meeting this morning. So yeah. I, I finished that just in time to go shower <laughs> and dress and come over and meet you guys at 10 o'clock. But so at least my, he still showers in this season of life. Too, I, I, so. I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. So here's a question, partially in jest, but 
could I get a copy of the Psalms of Bob sometime? Like, if you've got the Psalms of David, if you're making your own little notes versions, yeah, uh, I think there could be a beauty. I mean, I like hearing people's stories, like not just in this context, but like when you've got deeper stuff. Uh, not obviously, you can publish it later and make a book and make millions of dollars. All you want to do, but I would love to just see some of the Psalms of Bob, just as a side note. Here's what my hope is. My, my hope is at some point in time when I've put it out on the 18th green, you know, that that someone, hopefully one of my children, all, will be able to take a look at some of that. Yeah. And uh, uh, reflect. Here's what my dad was like. In his time with the Lord. I pray for them, by the way, during these yeah. times as well. I'm sure you do. But uh, no, I, I do it for me. It's, it's, I know. Uh, but my goodness, I could go back now, and there are probably any number of, of lesson plans that I've already created over portions of Scripture or sermon outlines that I've already created that, that I could go back to right now and say, well, here it is. That, that Luke 11 one that I've really been talking about lately, I don't know how many times I've been into that same portion of Scripture and just continually make new notes and new insights. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit working yep. within you. you Amen. See? He's fresh every day. Amen. So the Word doesn't get old. He, ref he, he reflects new, exciting insights into us that help us to grow in our faith and uh, keep us excited. That, so you bring up a good point. Uh, and we're getting near the end of our time. I don't want to rush these people uh, who are listening, but you've said this multiple times, and I want to reiterate as a first tool before you get to what he's talking about, when you're engaging Scripture, take time to invite the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Because there's evidence in the Bible that Satan quotes this at Jesus. Mm -hmm. he, did <laughs> he did it in the wilderness. I mean, if, if Satan... And uh, I know many of other people who are not surrendered to Jesus who use this as attack, an attacking yeah. thing. And even at one dark history of the church, it, this was used to, to kill people. This was used to justify a lot of atrocities but if in you, their mind. If you <laughs> invite the Holy Spirit in and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to speak to me afresh and anew. I want to be available to you. No mm. agendas. That's where it's always yeah. fresh and new and you're always going to learn. That's right. But I do agree Don't with do you. Don't do it without the Spirit. I've, I've never shared it from here, but I agree with you. That's a The software is a great tool. Maybe if you don't have an iPad or a Kindle or a computer, the, I think there's, I don't remember the stat, but the vast majority of people, I know a lot of homeless people who have cell phones still. Mm -hmm. You can get this Bible software on cell phones. This olive tree is free. Yeah, and, and you can do a lot of what he's talking about with free Bible software. Um, so if that's something that you think would be interesting for you and something the Spirit could use for you to study and bring it to life afresh and anew and have your notes in one place. and It's linked to a cloud service yeah. usually too, so you can access it on multiple devices. But um, anyways, uh, thank you for sharing that tool. Now, I, I promised people I would ask this question, and I want to know. Uh, you, I don't want a lot of elaborating on it. It's just wanting the I roughly the idea. In this season of Advent where we're celebrating, getting ready to celebrate Christmas and Jesus first coming and his eventual return what kind of scripture or story in scripture most um, is are you most drawn to in this season of advent 
I don't know how to answer without elaborating. You kind of limited me. <laughs> I'm going to set a timer. Right. Give, me, give me three minutes. <laughs> uh, last year and this year, well, probably before even last year, but, but last year and this year in particular, I really focused on the shepherds uh, and the angel coming to announce the birth. We sing the first Noel. The shepherds did say, right? Angels did say, angels did say to certain shepherds. Uh, I've really, I've studied that and I've read some scholars and, and some of their take on that. And shepherds during that time were, were not the most favored people. They were perpetually uh, unceremonially clean, unclean, I should say, ceremonially unclean. Uh, they, they dealt with all sorts of things, as you can imagine. So they were kind of looked down on, certainly by the religious people. Mm -hmm. And from the common people, they were not the most favored either. They lived out in the field. They had a rugged life, and uh, but a necessary life. So this night that Christ was born, the angel comes and he makes this announcement to who? Probably the, the low class, the dregs, if you would, in, in that society. And he said, tonight in the city of David, is, is born. Now, they rush then and follow a star, and they go to find Mary and Joseph and the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And swaddling clothes were, I've learned, are strips of cloth that were wrapped around their arms and their legs, their limbs, to keep them straight. And, and in reading about this, it, it discovered this, that Bethlehem, was five and a half miles, I think, from Jerusalem, less than six miles away from the temple. The temple had sacrifices twice a day of spotless lambs. And most likely, these were the shepherds that the angel came and the first announcement about the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, mm -hmm. was to shepherds. You can't read this without seeing the, the, the imagery here that the Lamb of God, God's Son, wrapped in swaddling clothing, lying in a manger, the most simple birthplace imaginable at the time, and the people that came around him to first see him other than his mother and his father were shepherds who tended sacrificial lambs for the temple. Beautiful. And then we see the Lamb of God placed in a tomb, a borrowed tomb, by the way, just yeah. like a borrowed manger, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't miss the story here. A borrowed manger, a borrowed tomb, wrapped in what? Grave clothes, linens wrapped around him. When I put all this together, how can you not be moved <laughs> that this wonderful wonderful, two most wonderful events in the entire history of the world revolved around shepherds and a lamb. So when I think about this and the first Noel, the first thing the Bible records after his birth are shepherds tending to the Lamb of God. And my goodness, if you just can't see the whole picture of redemption right there, you're missing. Mm. You're missing it. See. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm sure some of the listeners are going to take some ruminating and 
percolating all those fun words on, on what you just said yeah. and allow the Spirit to speak to them. And uh, just thanks for having you here with us. Uh, thank you for joining us on our podcast. Uh, we will get back with you next time and hope that you have a, a good last part of this Advent season into Christmas. God bless. Here at Westland Free Methodist Church, we are led by the Spirit, rooted in the Word, mobilized for the mission, committed to our neighbors, and bonded through holy friendship. If you have questions about Jesus or our community of faith, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to get in touch with you. For everyone else here, we reiterate the same thing that Jesus told his disciples. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, this world needs you. You are sent.